Namaste. Welcome to the Hindu Parenting Podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about the importance of physical strength training. How many of us know that Hindus were known for physical prowess, strength and wrestling skills? There are exercises known in the West as the Hindu exercises. Anyone can Google the Hindu squat and find articles and videos. It is a pity that what the world knows as the Hindu strength training routine is known to so few of us today. We have lost the physical culture and those of us who are into fitness are likely to join modern gyms today. Let's talk to two young men who are on a mission to revive the Bharatiya physical arts, Abhinav and Krishna. Namaste and welcome to our podcast. Please tell us a little about your venture, the Temple of Strength. Namaste. Thank you for inviting us to join this uh, interesting initiative. Uh, I hear a lot about uh, Hindu parenting these days. Uh, I'm sure that uh, all that success is attributed to the efforts that are being put in by the uh, humble founders of this initiative. So thank you for inviting us for this. Uh, so I'll just very briefly explain uh, what really happened and how we were inspired to do this. Uh, both of us uh, had a background in some kind of uh, physical practice. So uh, Krishna here, he has a background in uh, traditional martial arts. So he has dedicated his life for martial arts uh, ever since he was in his post-college days. He's been uh, somehow putting more time towards it. Of course, he was doing a lot of martial arts before, but he had more time only after his college days. And in my case, I was giving a lot of time for uh, yoga uh, during my college days and post my college days. Uh, but we never met when we were in college. We studied in the same institution called Shastra University. But then later, by chance, um, earlier uh, this year, or perhaps uh, towards the end of last year, uh, Krishna and I met online and we decided to meet up and have a chat at a restaurant. And when we met and we started speaking, we realized that both of us had uh, similar goals in life. That is to make people more aware of taking care of themselves, physically, mentally, emotionally, at all levels. And we realized that we both had a lot of interest in taking care of the physical body so that we can all uh, execute our everyday responsibilities with more care and with more efficiency. And uh, that's how it began. And uh, slowly we started working together and we started uh, designing courses. And uh, we had two summer camps. One was a residential summer camp at uh, Hyderabad for children of one uh, specific uh, uh, Veda Shastra uh, institution. And uh, another one uh, was at uh, another Yajurveda Gurukulam at uh, a place which is close to Ujjain. Post that, we've had. Uh, a few other programs as well. Of course, we'll talk about it soon. And mm -hmm. this is how it began. And uh, I think over to Krishna, he will be able to explain a little bit more. Yeah, Temple of Strength, uh, not many equate strength with anything that is Indian. People always think fitness is about going to gym and all that. And we can't blame them. That is how it is marketed, advertised sure, or pushed sure. into. And it is something rare that what Indian culture offers is totally of value. And it has been an integral part of our ancestral lifestyle. So any culture has always had a link with strength, be it Chinese, 
we see a lot of scriptures in chinese japanese shamans have a lot of strength training in them icelanders a lot of people so our native strength training methods are really good because it comes from this region it is as simple as that you stay local you stay native you'll stay healthy so this is the narrative we want to bring about educate the world about probably create more content on it and let's make people stronger that's it's a wonderful initiative um, uh, krishna ji i think uh, it would be good if you can also from your experience as a father yourself uh, talk about how strength training is relevant and important for parents yeah with uh, i i'll talk about men and women separately uh, people sure. always think that uh, when, when a guy becomes a father no i became a father when i was 23 so i was expected to put all the 23 years of wisdom into raising a child and it is normally more <laughs> pressure so when so anyone be it a lady or the man commonly people are always expected and put in a place of stress and anxiety to raise a kid and what happens is we normally push things that we were not able to do and wanting them to do what we do is destroying the intelligence of the kid that is it is natural and it happens and that is a pattern when we put our expectations over some children which are which is very small the kid is now go, growing it is a budding flower what happens is it it develops a kind of resistance and what it sees is what it simply imitates children are that they simply imitate and when parents do things that are healthy children simply follow if a father is exercising i exercise today because my father someday put me up to exercising at 5:30 in the morning i am exercising because it's a habit for me mm-hmm. boy can't parents make that as habit to their children exercising not only stops diseases it also builds a very good rigid mindset and which is a boon today because we are facing mental health challenges like never before and what i learned from children is you, there is a lot of activities that adults are not able to do in terms of physical body that children can do they have excellent flexibility they have they always have energy i'm sure a lot of parents can relate to it you lose your energy when you spend time with children <laughs> right so you feel exhausted you tell it out you can't tell it out because you are a parent it becomes your uh, common state of you know common state of being that you can't tell it out that you are exhausted your parents will be like ah i have raised 35 children your grandparents will be like i have raised a million <laughs> so you can't tell that out also but how do you prepare yourself to be a very active parent is you train it is simple there was a video that went viral i think it's from russia a grandfather trying to uh, you know lift his granddaughter he trains with kettlebells on a daily basis have you seen that video no no yeah it's an interesting story so there is a birthday coming up of that granddaughter he wants to lift her and then let her tie the star in the tree or something it is christmas or it's her birthday i'm not sure so he trains with kettlebells for two weeks so that he'll be able to lift his granddaughter so parenting requires effort from the parent equally in terms of physicality as well because only a strong parent can create a strong child so people always think that strong means it's only the physicality being big muscular and all that endurance is totally different thing and bodybuilding has got nothing to do with endurance actually bodybuilders are less uh, less endurance filled in their body and they they're not that uh, their stamina levels are really really low this is fact 
not many will tell this out but this is fact when it comes to parenting right from waking up in the morning sending them to school receiving them while they are back from school you see that they will always be active it is only the parents who drain their energies out am i right have you experienced this yeah. <laughs> totally i'm I think sure with, with, yes, will, uh, with, relate very yeah, well when it comes to women it is more it is more you can feel it more because women do a lot of chores in the home also you have got to maintain the family you have got to maintain the kitchen you have got to maintain the finances a lot of women do that and women are not taking training seriously because they think all this is work ghar ka kaam karna it's not work even if it is considered as a physical activity for a manual labor for someone who is lifting weights on a daily basis strength training is a separate culture so strength training strong men till that anyone who is lifting weights on a daily basis as an occupation they have to train at least for 25 minutes so now we are doing a sedentary lifestyle thing where we sit for a longer time so how many hours should we be training we can simply equate it your body is under constant stress not even pumping blood properly you don't receive blood circulation is not right because you're sitting for a long time two hours of sitting is four cigarettes so all this is getting dangerous and it is now that people have to at least stand up i see a lot of streams of exercises asking people to sit down in the chair and do workout they are simply they are simply making you weak it is as simple as that and parents there are set separate set of diseases that are coming up when you are sitting so you need to be moving along with the kids so one simple thing that can make you get started is start walking with your kids start cycling with your kids simply talk and a lot of interesting things are happening in their world kids world is getting interesting now and we need to stay aware of what is happening in their world as well i started doing this and i am feeling much more lighter when i go to sleep so this is one quick hack from me probably you can take it that way what about the methods that are actually used in the sense um, what are the indian or the bharatiya uh, training methods that are being used by you and uh, you know that are different from what the gyms use yeah firstly we don't give you weights in the first day itself weights are always a superset sort of a thing first you need to lift your body yourself if you're not able to push do push ups lifting your body there is no use in doing a dumbbell or any traditional weight firstly we need to work on your mobility strengthen your joints first and then go into flexibility and then we do strengthening later comes endurance so endurance training is trained on the objective of stamina not aesthetics gym training does for aesthetics so the principle involved here is with gym training it is only isolation of your target muscle groups wherein you increase the size so increasing your muscle size will not give you stamina it will only give you aesthetics and this done over a period of time it can only be done until your dominant hormone is there to an optimum level if 45 years once you reach 40 to 45 have you seen any bodybuilder competing after 45 they retire at 32 itself because the results won't be there and what is considered as fitness in the mainstream media is not fitness in the first place bodybuilding is a sport where they inject 5 ml or 10 ml of steroids or any injections before the day of the competition they inject themselves to not perspire 
they don't want to sweat for the next two days they stay dehydrated to show you the abs if they are not dehydrated you can't see the abs there will be zero shredding there so all this behind the screen stories people don't know krishna ji can you tell us a little bit about the specific methods and equipment used in uh, bharatiya strength training you uh, what were people doing before gyms came into the picture that is exactly what bharatiya fitness is all about it is derived from ancient kshatriya what warrior how warriors used to train traditional indian equipments like mugdar samtola garnal and gada all this traditional equipments which were supposedly they were weapons which turned into equipments in the recent times and all the conditioning exercises that were part of the kshatriya routine this is what we do in temple of strength and majorly it is very methodical and also does not harm the body the goal here is to condition the body and make sure you optimize its performance like how an athlete trains we train to condition the body and make it stronger both from the outside perspective and also from the inside perspective your organs are stronger your muscles are stronger your nervous capacity to withstand any shock your capacity to fight with adrenaline all this is conditioned with traditional martial arts and the indian physical culture also has a very similar approach because it is derived from martial arts the approach is similar and it is only that martial arts as an extension has few other exercises like drills and uh, punches kicks and routines and all that so we stop only with the physical culture part Um, so what is this uh, mugdar training what what exactly is that so mugdar is one of the ancient equipments uh, if you see the photos of uh, yakshas from jains and even baglamukhi devi a lot of dwarapalas all these devatas have mugdar in their hands it is one of the ancient equipments that was used in wars and lot of mentions in our scriptures is also there how bhutaganas used this and how people were using this to train with mugdar is essentially a grip based equipment where you train in rotational strength when you train with rotational strength naturally your nervous integrity is high your muscle fibers are intact and mugdar is totally beneficial than any other weights because it is swinging so the main difference between lifting and swinging is for example you are someone who is lifting a 10 kg dumbbell for you to lift a 10 kg mugdar will be hard the maximum you can do is lift a 5 kg mugdar and swinging it also will be hard mugdar is a predominantly training for swats also so before going into swat training mugdar training was given and this equipment history is totally separate we can talk for hours with this it has got that much significance in our history i can tell you a few surprising things english people learned about mugdar they made it compulsory for their soldiers to train in until world war 2 a lot of americans even today navy seal people a lot of people train in mugdars today and throughout the world it is being practiced a lot of people are now picking up with mugdars so if you learn from a proper proper person you will not end up with injury that is the key thing with mugdar a lot of people are now doing watching online videos which is dangerous and i have trained a lot of people who come with injury so to take out that injury it will take one week to condition them it will take another two weeks so this is how the people are now 
watching videos online and practicing that is another dangerous habit and i think we should people should simply refrain from it hmm yeah no what you say is really you are training to improve your health yeah thank you mm-hmm. how do you do traditional ask, strength tra- training you know in contrast to this traditional training is- yes traditional training may first you understand your body type which type of prakriti your body is how can we adjust your lifestyle but you have to bring training as a habit into your routine so that you stay consistent normally if you see there are only 0.2 percentage of people in india subscribe to gyms it is statistics 0.2% out of that if 100 people are entering into a gym only two people will become bodybuilders out of that so when this is the case why are these people running there because they have marketed this as their go to method of fitness but it is not true fitness is can be done in different ways and a lot of myths are surrounding this industry now i i was i used to go to gym when i was in my 12th grade i learned traditional techniques when once i completed my college and then i was like the side effects i had to endure those side effects to get out of that also your body is pushed into a state of shock every time you do high weight training gymming so that shock has to come out and for your body to be normal traditionally fit no it will be conditioned it will not be tight aesthetic and all that it will be conditioned and the difference key difference is the philosophy behind it traditional strength training comes with your culture you get into an akada you respect hanuman ji you are treated as son of hanuman you are not treated as son of x and y you are treated as son of hanuman your guruji will give you the diet which will work only for you guruji will give you those exercises that will go well for your body certain exercises you are not your body is not apt for those weights or those exercises you will be stopped right at that point there is no pushing yourself there is no watching motivation videos and pumping pumping that is not there you simply work on yourself you stay strong you stay happy this is why we do traditional strength training we want to be happy this is our goal this is what my akada taught me hamara akada mein yehi bolte hai mast raho so we want to spread this as the philosophy where people train to be happy and stress free and gym training comes with a lot of stress also ji so you pay for 6 months no people expect six packs in 6 months which is unimaginable it, it can't happen as i told you dehydration is the cause of being shredded you don't drink water what is happening to your nerves what is happening to your body as a system even though you build your body aesthetically the shock it receives as a combined unit is totally different and every exercise that is done has a recorded side effect also with traditional training the methods are we use rotational strength when it comes to weights and we don't do there is only compound exercises done so compound exercises means exercises that target more than one muscle group in traditional fitness every exercise is a compound exercise only there is no isolated exercise and it directly trains for your stamina for example you do dandan baitak alone on a repeated basis different varieties of dandan baitak alone you can stay strong forever it is simply that you have to train on a daily basis with the right people and there is community backing you train with people no you do traditional strength training in akada setup or at from your home. we are trying to do it at the comfort of our home you train in a community setup you chant 
and there is the holistic approach that comes with traditional training holistic means uh, you divide it into a quadrant a circle into a quadrant body mind emotion and spirit so all this is addressed so you are not seen you are not you go to a gym only to build your body but you go to akada or you go to traditional strength training to build your mind to focus more on yourself as a spirit and also get a hold of your emotions and all this is possible only when there is a strong philosophy behind your training methods that lacks with the gym culture okay so you're saying this is personalized and also holistic uh, abhinav ji Definitely. i think your background is also uh, in yoga right yogasanas and all forms of yoga now yoga yes. is very uh, holistic and it also addresses the body mind and emotions together would you like to talk a little bit about uh, your role in uh, bringing yoga to the temple of strength yes so when we think about yoga uh, the modern uh, physical uh, addiction or rather the addiction with the physique these days has uh, made yoga only that which you do by contorting the body on the mat unfortunately this was originally taken from india from bharat to the west and again the west repackaged it and gave it back to us and we are lapping it up as if this is the best thing that can happen to us in the entire uh, history of bharat uh, mm-hmm. the thing is uh, there is a need to understand that there is a lot to what yoga talks about then what is related to the body so if you i mean of course if you go to the yoga sutras of maharshi patanjali he talks about the eight rungs on the ladder to the ultimate uh, goal of yoga which is kaivalya so kaivalya is equivalent to moksha mukti different people have different definitions for this but when you look at yoga there are eight rungs to that ladder and the first rung and the second rung are related to personal and social discipline only the third step there is asana and the fourth step is pranayama most people are obsessed with only the third uh, step and only after going towards pranayama can you go towards the other next four steps which are related to meditation so when it comes to the traditional uh, health and fitness methods we already always had some kind of a connection a relationship with meditative practices after going towards uh, uh, the asana practice people are expected to move more deeper into pranayama practices eventually move towards meditative practices in the same way in traditional strength training practices also you will notice that the movement is not isolated it is always connected with the breath so every practice will be associated with inhalation exhalation or holding the breath just like in yoga practice we will have so many different breath related movements in traditional health and fitness methods so when it comes to looking at this from the perspective of all these different steps in yoga uh, my approach or rather the way i would uh, be contributing in this initiative would be in the context of looking at the goals beyond the body goals beyond the physique so it is more to do with the philosophy more to do with the practice of uh, meditative practices uh, more to do with uh, approach to life more to more towards the spirituality aspect the adhyatmika part 
so when okay. you look the i mean if you look at the traditional perspective of what adhyatmika means uh, in the sankhya and yoga shastra adhyatmika refers to both the body and the mind sharirika and manasika this is what they are saying and uh, when you talk about yoga practices or the physical strength training practices we restrict it all towards the sharirika part and we seldom move towards the manasika part so my background in uh, yoga my background in uh, bioengineering my medical nanotechnology background all of these bring into the picture that aspect that is the sharirika part and because i have worked with uh, cognitive neurosciences animal behavior psycho indian psychology all of this takes me towards the manasika part as well so okay. uh, towards that uh, purpose for the past few years i have actually been working on uh, developing new models and developing or rather reviving a lot of techniques studying old texts ancient texts and trying to resurrect them so i am in that process so this is what i bring to the table so abhinav um, you have talked about the traditional historical aspects what do you think has led to the decline in this uh, you know pursuit of uh, fitness or physical culture or holistic fitness among hindus and uh, probably you know it's only because maybe this yoga day has become a big thing these days we know a little bit about uh, how yoga was i think even 10 years back i don't think indians really cared much about yoga itself you know so uh, why do you think and uh, this has happened and when did this decline start i can give you a little bit of a perspective based on yoga but i think krishna can give you more information related to the physical culture part but anyway i'll, I'll give you a general introduction and then he'll take over uh, firstly due to the intellectual colonization uh, both uh, during the uh, co- invasions or rather colonizations Uh, which began with the middle east and also went up to europe uh, you will notice that uh, people have uh, slowly come to a point where they are more focused on survival rather than uh, prospering effectively so what has happened is uh, because of these uh, centuries of colonization we've reached a point where we think that a person is happy and satisfied only when they have a stable job whatever that means because no job is stable uh, having food every day having rich food every day that is and then having a big house now whatever is considered to be the anglo american dream has now come to bharat also and now it is considered to be a very stable life or a settled life and because of this people have slowly given up on the uh, approach towards having a stable a uh, balanced lifestyle so people no longer look at uh, the physical emotional intellectual health anymore they are more focused on economic health alone but they forget that the more time you spend on uh, earning money and not uh, on having good physical strength and mental strength the more money you are going to spend towards the later part of your life for the sake of medical treatments so this they don't understand it's all like a zero sum game the more money you make and the less amount of physical and mental health you have the more in the future you are going to spend for hospital bills so that is a definite given thing so the second thing i want to talk about is yoga itself uh, in the past everybody was a practitioner of yoga in some form 
so everybody was practicing asanas if you go to traditional or rather any village any village today if you go to them and ask did your grandfather do yoga they'll say yes my grandfather or a grandmother was a practitioner of certain asanas certain uh, postures so they had something uh, which is very unique to them so they would have practices why go that far even my father used to yes. diligently do surya namaskar every day you know but we never picked it up he never told us to we never picked it up either you know it's only in the last uh, you know few years that we are again coming back to it but i know that he used to do it he used to do it every day yes um, yeah exactly this is this is what we have been emphasizing we simply want to bring back the health your grandfather had nothing else Krishna ji i was wondering if uh, this kind of training was imparted in ancient times were there special schools or was it part of a temple gurukula where where was this done how did people learn and so you know that might give us a clue into how uh, yeah. we lost yeah definitely this. i'll i'll skip to that latter part once i complete the answer to the first question so this was physical culture was methodic methodically it was taken away from us so what british did was they understood indians were strong so it, there are records of this and british uh, writers were passing across indian fields they saw people training with in traditional practices like malkam mugdhar and all that they saw these men were strong so that is when they recorded and they recruited a lot of indian soldiers for them to mm-hmm. fight and once they understood how strong these people were they started massacring martial artists a lot of uh, martial artists thumbs were cut so that they don't mm-hmm. teach to their students so this was done methodically our physical culture was taken away from us mugdha training was compulsory in world war 2 times for british soldiers even now today a lot of marine people follow mugdha training indians don't do much foreigners do now so mm-hmm. this is how our culture left us and it was methodically done and indians always i think uh, we are now at a state where as abhinav ji put it properly american dream to hamara ban raha hai and this is uh, this uh, moog towards something that is a white no and this you don't you don't do anything that is not native to you no you are moving away from health to be exact you are moving away from strength you live in a tropical region you do gym exercises you stay dehydrated you, how you will end up is with cardiac arrest nothing else this is simply an equation and it is about being smart a culture is simply nothing but set of habits no you kill a martial artist nobody he has got to train now and then it is done over a period of time what happens simply moves a few people they had so much grit in them that they retained their practices sikhs retained tamil nadu people they do, they took the martial art into sugarcane farms they trained with sugarcanes they converted into art form and that is how selamam is surviving today if not for those smart people it wouldn't have survived today and few people took wrestling into their farms they trained inside their own agriculture farms so that is why kusti is still alive today so we'll have to thank those gentlemen and i see what me and abhinav bhai are doing with temple of strength is simply a thank you to them just mm-hmm. trying to take what these gentlemen did at least to a municipal level where we spread awareness to people in it jobs at least telling them just take care of your health that's it 
basically krishna ji um, can you tell us a little bit about the traditional martial arts uh, and uh, why you are not adopting them in your programs okay traditional martial arts one is i i'll, I'll give a bit of background about myself i am a certified selambam trainer i learned kalari paitu and then i went to varanasi to learn kushti so i learned in tulsi akada where hum established by tulsidas himself so i take pride in that so okay. i learned in orthodox okay. methods which requires hand holding physically so online way we can do fitness fitness is very much possible teaching martial arts online will not be complete because you need to watch them you need to i train in a way that i need to get hit by the person i am training that is when i'll be happy that they are training properly so that is when it is complete also this is how traditionally it is done so we do the conditioning part but martial arts training i have only a couple of people people of close friends whom i know because physical training is only possible with martial arts and anyone who is training martial arts online i don't think traditional martial arts can work that way because the levels in which we do it requires strenuous training and with physical culture it is more easier to adapt to this online model so i think it is more beneficial because martial arts ka journey is a bit ahead of physical culture you to stay as a martial artist your basic requirement becomes fitness and now people you can't ask them to try martial arts because they're not even fit in the first place so martial arts journey is a bit far ahead you need at least 6 months of physical training to get there do you have any plans to start that too if parents are interested we are yeah yes see, we get a physical space we get enough people i can teach them any time so that camps we do for children there we teach martial arts there we have uh, more time and more space and also we get to see people in action that is what is main and when i see someone exercising that is when when the martial art exercises they are really they are linked with the nervous system and you have to see when someone is performing you need that personal touch i love to hold them when they are blocking i love to stop them when they are punching and all this is required if we get a space we get the enough opportunity is given to us definitely we will do it um yeah i was wondering where this training was imparted in uh, ancient times yeah. were they special schools ancient or it was days, part of the temple is, culture yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was in schools. Over a period of time, it was different. Ji, when Buddhists were dominant, it used to happen in temples. That is why, if you see Muay Thai in Thailand, it still happens in temples. It was essentially Indian Muay Thai Thailand people were from Tamil Nadu. So these people are from the city of Kanchipuram only. They train even today underground temples. May they train? This was part of anyone's curriculum. Uh, Shaktiya Tuva was not away from. like as it is projected shatriyatva is not only deserved for one particular caste or one particular clan it was part of everyone's living and any, any gurukul they used to train like how you read in mahabharata stories no training was always an integral part and with without grit or valor there is nothing to live no it was philosophy of indians you train hard and bal sadhana is what we call this bal sadhana was there with every even the gods whom we see today no they all have these equipments we train with in, only in their hands balarama has a gada duryodhan has a gada arjun has a kandiva so all this it is part of our culture and we can't simply put them in a frame 
and move them away from us and tell that uh, these are gods these are their equipments only they have it knowledge no they were part of this culture whoever is having a gada in their hand it means they come from the gada mm-hmm. vishnu hasa gada they came from a wrestling background it is simple as that so we'll have to connect the dots to understand hindu culture fully i believe i genuinely believe you have to start connecting these dots yeah 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 this ties in so beautifully with the uh, uh, the spirit of uh, kshatra that we had alluded to in the previous uh, podcast especially when we were uh, discussing uh, uh, rama of the axe if you remember uh, oh, shalini yeah yeah, yeah yeah the parashurama podcast um so we had talked about the disappearance of kshatra and the need to revive it and uh, i see that you two are taking excellent steps in this uh, you know journey that we all Definitely. need to be aware of and take together thank you thank you so much yes we would love to revive the kshatra spirit let's do it yes uh, you also do online training how how is how does that work consists of uh, beginner exercises uh, we pack it for 6 months as a course and it is essentially about getting the people out of the chair and making them see visible changes in their lifestyle the ones we are training now they see visible changes we do something called uh, i would i would put it as biohacking because the term is now catching up <laughs> biohacking is simply making lifestyle changes so that you train to optimize your performance so you are a it employee you are sitting for 6 to 8 hours we give you a set of rules we give you a set of uh, probably on a day to day curriculum that you follow that is focused on improving your performance you train in the morning we train only 3 days in a week the methodology is called hit we train only 3 days in a week and the rest you will be given a reposing guide which you follow your diet and then what all you need to do how much water you need to drink what are the fruits that go well for your body's prakriti what are the things that you should not eat what are the food items that are allergic to you all this will be discussed you will have a chart to follow and this makes lives more easier because uh, i always believe that you live for only today you train consistently that is when you get into the habit of becoming strong so we will always think our oh, fitness is a done thing like gym wagera you build a six pack you forget it and then you become fat then no, that is not how you are supposed to live this is called sadhana sadhana is a daily thing you need to exercise daily you need to eat healthy daily you are have and there is no things that is funny like cheat meal or there is no leg session there is no shoulder session alone all this is funny your body is one whole system you exercise only your legs what is happening to the blood supply it is going to the brain why would you do that it is simply for someone living in a tropic region doing this sort of a thing is not advised in our system once you are in traditional fitness once your body is heated no your exercise should be done if you are cooling your body down there are separate set of diseases that will come if you rapidly increase the body heat and reduce it no your body catches kapha at that time which is not good this pitta kapha combo is not good at all so certain rules it is a lifestyle change totally so maybe people might find it confusing because this is a totally dif- a different lifestyle that we are talking about so imagine what were people doing before gyms came into the picture people so, were so training it's not that people were sitting down yes yeah ah uh, yeah i am i am thinking so is this applicable for people living abroad 
I mean, we are talking about yeah, definitely living in India. But uh, how would you adapt mm. it? Say somebody abroad approaches you and wants to take online training. Is that going to be possible? And is, yeah. is it something that would uh, you know suit the conditions there? Yes, G. We do do online training for few NRA people. I think uh, we have three on board. So okay. how this works is it's simply staying close to nature anywhere you are. You need to eat seasonal. You need to train according to how the weather condition is there prevailing there, and make moderate diet changes. And the philosophy is Indian, but this is universal. There were wrestlers who trained in abroad even those days also. There were there was trade exchange happening between India and Greece even during Mahabharata times. A lot of things have happened. So when you go there, the exercises are going to be the same. But the diet and lifestyle part, that will be you know, properly optimized based on the region you are living in. Uh, uh, Any one of you yeah. can uh, go go ahead and uh, you know answer this. Uh, can you just lay out for us, you know, um, if someone comes to you, um, how do you hmm. take them through a course of Temple of Strength? What I mean, what are the steps? Uh, firstly, I'll ask them to fill an application form. where we ask about their previous experience and anything that is related to physical activities and then i get on a call with them understanding what their injuries have been how their lifestyle is uh, how active they are will they be able to continue with the classes how intense they should train what is their diet so understanding their pain pain points makes a lot of uh, you know because they are coming in because they want to change and they want to attain balance in their lifestyle and i make sure that i listen to them properly so that is the first step once we listen to them we make the changes where we understand their prakriti first so that is key understanding your prakriti is key and mm-hmm. once their prakriti is found out we understand their habits their dna better so what kind of food you eat what kind of habits you have how long you sleep what is your goal what do you need to achieve with this training once you are done achieving this what will you be doing we have all the set of questioners and once they filled in this questioners we get on a call with them we understand their requirements we make the changes in their diet and what all the there are few frameworks that can be put into place so i am a big fan of uh, creating habits new habits so uh, how to put it for someone i i'll give you a real life example we had someone who came in with uh, very bad back pain okay and what i had to do was i asked him to come to the class regularly and then we changed his diet and then we changed we asked him to look for his postural changes how long he is sitting and we gave him few frameworks to follow and 21 days after 21 classes his back pain was no more now okay. he is the continuing with the classes he is doing our evening batch now he is from singapore and he is enjoying this session he is simply telling that i don't want to go to gym i want to continue with this sort of classes and he is getting muscular also and all this because he was consistent with the routine that we gave him and it worked really well and this traditional fitness works really well because it does not put strain on your mind or your body it is simply that you get into your mindset of becoming a sadhaka once you understand your training better you're also understanding yourself better it is end of the day your priority right growth should be individualistic and 
it should be the only reason you train also i believe in that you don't see progress you shouldn't train be it with any method if you you join my class you don't see any progress i would kindly say please this is not working for you and there is no one stop solution for anything and everything and the way it is perceived is uh, people always think that uh, i i did this i expect this i want it and it is adding pressure and we give mental health a lot of importance how much ever you exercise how much ever you push yourself if your mental health is not good you have chronic stress progress will be 0% there will not be progress at all because your body is end of the day what your mind is commanding you to be it is that important and this approach is not taken seriously probably with the other system you're always asked to push you're always you asked to do something that is totally against who you are as a person because it is that that is a template that was done by someone else if you take bodybuilding for example there is an exercise called arnold press before arnold thousands of bodybuilders did it why was it called arnold press because there was a documentary that came out that became viral called pumping iron so everything is templated so there is no unique personalization that is happening in in traditional fitness how it happens is when it comes to equipments people are limited in using equipments we don't believe in using a multitude of equipments where you go you have 20 25 equipments no you do one or two maximum if you are mm-hmm. if you go to varanasi or if you go to any traditional akada place there will be two types of elvans who will only wrestle and do body weight and the rest will be simply people who exercise you know who will be the stronger one the Any ones exercising guesses? the ones exercising no, the ones day. who wrestle oh i see okay no the ones who wrestle every day okay they lift you like a feather and drop you like a hat just like that so i belong to that category of well one now that i don't have an akada around i am training in this method okay. so why i am telling you this is it is a matter of practice and you need to take it into your spiritual perspective also you are you need to stay in harmony no i don't like this uh, modern days even the content yaar are how can you stay motivated 24/7 you watch a video you become motivated how how does that work you watch a video you will be tempted to watch another video only i don't understand mm-hmm. that at all in the first place and it seems very foreign to me and ye dusra koi kar raha hai usko dekh ke hame karna hai it, it does not work that you know when will you learn it when will you learn about your body as a parent once you learn about your body you will see how your dna is reacting when it is coming to your child you, it is simply a replica of you no you understand the set of diseases that is running in your family for example pcod pcos is becoming huge now one out of five women is having it i understand my family's background in this set of diseases i can stop that from hitting my daughters it is as simple as that hmm. to take so, the responsibility but... or sorry no uh, you were mentioning this uh, you know parent child uh, whatever transmission setting an example and also starting yes. so how young can people start what is the minimum age to start training i would say at least 8 because uh, milk bones stop uh, that stage after only 8 so your bones are really brittle 
children's bones are they get strengthened only after 8 before 8 i think you, you let the kid be no it has enough movement yes. it has enough movement for us to keep running also you can keep running behind the child but before doing that i i would recommend people who have not trained at all you start with that they'll get exhausted you can have a preliminary training of some sort probably basic traditional exercises will really help few yogasanas will really help and that state where you become active no it is a journey from point a to point b is a journey that has to be taken on a daily basis or at least 3 days a week uh, this method works fantastically for me so i train only when i take classes i don't train separately so th- that is really good because that system of exercises are working really well for me also i have not gained weight in the past 3 months so i i reduced 5 kg just by making few dietary changes last month to this month i am now 5 kg down so this method is really working really good and i am confident that i can bring results we we can bring results for anyone who is coming into the system tell us a little bit about the diet part i mean you spoken a lot about the diet what exactly do you incorporate in dietary changes okay firstly diet uh we always don't push people against eating what they like so that is first thing the next thing mm-hmm. is once we understand your prakriti for example you are a pitta person certain mm-hmm. foods will agitate you will cause inflammation in your body you eat more of tamarind filled food you eat more mm-hmm. of sour food like uh, too much of lemon rice too much of uh, spice too much of chili seeds in your diet no this will agitate your intestine so what do you eat to avoid this so how do you subside this agitating effect bloating is now common among people acidity is common so how do you stop this and pitta it goes with your lifestyle very much if you are a pitta body person you should not leave your stomach empty for more than 3 hours mm. so all this every every prakriti comes with their own set of rules and it is not just one prakriti that will be dominant there are two prakritis will be dominant and it has to be a balance so if you are a pitta person you should balance your vata and your kapha so how do you do this and once we understand this once we understand your habit we will understand for women uh, since you are a lady for women common issues that cause most problem is inflammation and then not having a detoxed body so if once your body is detoxed and your inflammation levels are really low a lot of issues will go away pain in your joints and the way women women sleep also sleep a lot of women say that their sleep is getting affected now there is a case study i recently read where nutritional osteoporosis is steepingly rising so all this a lot of people suffering from arthritis sitting for a long time on a daily basis 6 to 8 hours there is no chance for your body to pump the blood back so where does it get settled on your knees so what is the side effect now arthritis you don't move your body parts enough every joint needs basic movement on a daily basis it needs strengthening on a daily basis so diet should go hand in hand with your training and the diet we prescribe to you goes well with strength training so it will have to be personalized you give me the input of what you have on a daily basis we will understand this is the case you have what is causing what and this is a 20 minutes call 
and it can't be generalized <laughs> is non vegetarian food part of uh, traditional diet for yeah, strength your option ji yeah. okay. okay i'll be so there frank is no... there is nothing called vegetarian non vegetarian huh so i go by siddha philosophy i go by siddha philosophy there is nothing called vegetarian non vegetarian so it is okay. simply life so you eat in a banana leaf you are killing thousands of microbes in one moment <laughs> that is also life it is simply a choice of not eating meat yes there will be changes if you are eating meat you will be given the changes so uh, so, so basically I, meat, i was trying to understand whether meat uh, is also part of traditional uh, strength training kshatriyas yeah, yeah. uh, used regimens. to yes yeah, kshatriyas uh, lifestyle mein there is a rule of eating meat also kshatriya lifestyle yeah. yes there are stories no what pandavas panja pandavas eating meat also yeah that's true it is based on the goal that you are trying to achieve ji you want more sattva you stay vegetarian you stay more vegan and all that you want the rajas you can go for it i think anna can explain so we, better yeah yeah abina come on understand uh, that there is this uh, misconception that if you want to be spiritual you should be a complete vegetarian or sometimes only Uh, subsist on dairy products or maybe subsist only on certain grains or uh, eat only so much so it is not so you see bharat bharat is a very uh, strange case when you take up the context of civilizational habits we have a, a unique uh, agglomeration of several diverse traditions all coming together in the same time so when you look at the Uh, culinary aspect of the civilization we see that uh, no two diets are the same when you compare uh, the different geographical locations when you compare the altitudes when you compare the time when you compare the uh, generations when you compare the sampradayas themselves for example people can be in the same sampradaya but because they are at different uh, parts of the same mountain they may have a different culinary habit maybe they are from the same sampradaya but they live in different uh, places really far away so they have different habits so we can definitely not say that we have one monolithic uh, culinary habit and to be adhyatmika that is to be a very spiritual person does not mean that you have to uh, reduce the intake of one kind of food or not uh, uh, i mean over indulge in one kind of a food so what we should understand according to ayurveda and siddha is that based on the need of the person or the need of the body and the uh, health condition of the body we have to consume certain substances if you go to so many ayurvedic uh, recipe books nutritional recipe books you will come across so many different uh, varieties of meat different uh, birds animals all of these are mentioned and consuming them of course as medicine is important for them for uh, reviving their health and uh, if you look at the general habit also of kshatriyas they did not consume meat on a daily basis in the past meat consumption was an occasional venture so for example they would consume once a week or twice a week and uh, they did not have a feast every day these days you will notice how because of the uh, influence of um, habits from anglo america we see so much of, uh, intake of calories so many different con- uh, 
consumeristic uh, varieties are available so much of fast food we eat so much these days because of the influence of uh, these uh, capitalistic companies we think that eating more is good in fact in the past there used to be a time when they used to fast regularly they had uh, langhanam we call it langhanam and it is called paramaushadham so whenever we had an issue with uh, our health we would directly have this langhanam there will be fasting and uh, there was also this habit of uh, doing upavasa for the sake of ekadashi they had vratams so if you look at the dharma shastra literary corpus you come across so many different methods for uh, this uh, langhanam so they would do so many different kinds of upavasa so many vratas so there is something known as payovrata there is something known as uh, i mean different kinds of vratas i don't want to go into the details a lot mm-hmm. of uh, nutritional uh, recommendations were given in order to uh, purge the body and the mind of several negative things but that doesn't mean that the person has to pursue that throughout their lives only a certain duration of time in their life they are expected to pursue such habits such uh, dietary recommendations the rest of the time they would have a discipline they would eat only on certain days they would not eat meat on certain days they would uh, uh, so for example if you go to the commentary of uh, vyasa in uh, for the uh, yoga sutras of maharshi patanjali and also raja bhoja for yoga sutras of patanjali you would notice there is an interesting statement being made there when it comes to ahimsa so when they talk about ahimsa absolute ahimsa is not possible for everyone they also acknowledge it and they are saying that ahimsa can be practiced in various stages so for some person uh, say for example there is a fisherman he might say that i will not uh, go for fishing during these few days of the month so that is ahimsa temporarily mm. and then he might say i will not uh, go for fishing at this temple pond so geographical that is spatial ahimsa so he mm. might say that i will not uh, go fishing uh at uh, such and such a specific uh, period of time such and such a space and i will offer the benefits to something else so something like that so they make certain changes so step by step they start changing so lower levels of ahimsa they move towards higher level of ahimsa so absolute ahimsa was never recommended for anyone even for us to survive when we breathe our immune system will destroy microbes any pathogens that have been inhaled in the air so we should be clear about the fact that absolute uh, vegetarianism absolute non vegetarianism this was never uh, part of uh, the uh, bharatiya way we have always been looking at whatever is sustainable whatever is applicable to us at that point of time whatever can be done properly practiced for a long term for a sustainable life this was always the uh perspective that we have always had okay okay yeah that's uh, that's that's a great point actually because uh, we are about moderation and also a step by step progression i think that's uh, encoded in a lot of things that we do or that we are supposed to do so that's a good reminder uh, we've spoken a lot about uh, kshatra exercises diet everything now uh, what you're doing is applicable to different sets of people for example take dancers i know you have 
had a workshop specifically for dancers. So is that something that you're uh, looking to do in the future to, if a group of people approach you, would you be able to conduct a workshop for them specifically after understanding what they need? Is that uh, something yes, you're we, uh, going to We did it in a much more researched manner where we took uh, surveys from 30 dancers, Chennai and Bangalore. We understood their pain points and our testimonials are really good. I would love to share it with you guys. You can watch it in our Instagram page also. So the best thing I heard was uh, a lot of dancers, they said they did not feel soreness while they were dancing. So that is okay. the best compliment. And it worked really well. And we are open to do it anytime. If we get a bunch of dancers, we are trying to get few more opportunities in Chennai and Bangalore. We have not advertised on that yet. So we are trying to start it after two weeks or so. But this is the festival times now. So everyone will be busy with their shows now. Mm -hmm. A lot of dances. So we are we are trying to do it after this holidays. Okay. Yes. The results are really good. Research-based work. So testimonials are also good. We are pumped. I am actually happy that it worked really one more thing that makes this special is uh, I come from a traditional background. So they are also from a traditional art background. So it was really good. So the the communication itself was, was because the culture standpoint, may we both are same now. Yeah. That is also holistic art. Becomes, what I come from yeah. is also a holistic background. Becomes easier yeah. to communicate no? between the <laughs> two yes. domains, basically disciplines. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, we are anyway woven culturally. Uh, that's 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 what is the common strand. Nothing, nothing is in isolation. Everything is interconnected. No, so it's easy to make the connections. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we oh, we'd yeah, love for people to follow your uh, Instagram page, and uh, uh, we we'll put the links out to um, some articles that uh, talk about um, you know the ancient hindu fitness and also um, krishna and uh, abhinav's um, instagram page so that uh, our listeners can find out for themselves i would like to do i would like to tell one more thing when it is coming to kids training so first thing what we can do is do not overstuff children with things that you think are nutritious children's body are very close to nature so when they like eating, they like eating. When they say they don't need food, we have to respect it. A lot of people do this in a way where they think eating good quality or good quantity makes a lot of difference and people stuff. And this is causing obesity. India is now peaking in obesity. So we should stop doing this and start listening to children. And their digestion process is natural. Once in six months, you need to give them this deworming tablets. Con mm -hmm. Kindly con consult a physician. And when it's coming to training, let them move. A lot of cases that have speech delay, a lot of cases that have stipended, uh, like stopped, you know, these comes from the background of screening time. Uh, my, work, my wife is working with a pediatric clinic. So I have seen how these children react and all that. So for them, I, I used to do yoga sessions with them. So I trained in uh, international certification of yoga also. So uh, once what I learned was cutting screen time definitely improved my daughter's speech. 
my second daughter had this problem i took time to speak once we did that and human conversations is really really important so make sure that we need to introduce them to the right set of people who talk the right thing to our children so this is what i learned from being a parent i just thought sharing experience can help people so i think we have Hello? covered a lot of ground and uh, uh, you know we've had a very an uh, enriching conversation on on a subject that's uh, sort of uh, new for us uh, in, in a way uh, so i think our uh, listeners will find this a podcast that's a little different from what we have done uh, in general and i hope they enjoy it uh, as much as we have enjoyed putting it together so uh, thank you abhinav and thank you uh, krishna for coming on our podcast and sharing all your valuable insights thank and, you uh, and to our listeners uh, we will we will be putting all the details of um, temple of strength uh, initiative on our uh, on our substack uh, platform so please subscribe to us at hinduparenting.substack.com and also please follow us on all social media we go by the handle hindu parenting on all the major social media platforms i'm not going to repeat all of them uh, uh, once more uh, but every social media platform you can find us just search for hindu parenting and you will find us we are also there on all podcast platforms like spotify google podcast and apple podcast so please uh, subscribe follow and spread the word so until the next time thank you for listening namaste namaste